Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast. Your home for discussions and debates about all things animation. Each week, we'll rank, review, and revel in animated shows from yesterday and today, and from around the world. So grab your acne slingshot, set your mobile suit to autopilot, and put on your mouse ears. The Animation Station Podcast begins now. No, like, look at the normal show. That, that's bizarre as all get out. you never seen that one? That's one of the only contemporary cartoons I've normal seen. Show. It's called The Normal Show. What's, who's in it? It's got like a blue jay and a gumball machine. That's not and a, a, no, not a gumball machine. That's, gumball. that's not The Normal Show. It's called The Normal Show. No, that's called... Uh, and it's got um, uh, a ghost that yeah, gives yeah, high it, fives. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, Isn't that The Normal it's, Show? It's a, it's a raccoon and a... And a blue jay. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's the normal show. It's not the normal show. It's the regular show. Okay. Same difference. <laughs> the regular show. I'm lame. I don't know TV animation. But that's bizarre. That's totally bizarre. Well, I mean, that's like saying, like, Adventure Time is bizarre. Absolutely. It is bizarre. But if you th- okay, if you put Adventure Time with Ren and Stimpy, it's, like, not either polar well, opposites. Well, one's not gross and one is. I know. Adventure Time's So your problem is the grossest. Grossness. Yeah, I would okay. Say. Speaking of gross, we watched a pretty hardcore movie last night. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like we ate at Taco Bell. <laughs> well, we <laughs> did like, do that. Speaking of gross, yeah. yeah, we did do that, and there's some rumblings in the tumblings, but. Uh... Oh man! All right, so let's go ahead and start this. All right, bring it on, Josh Kane. The last time, and I left I left all of that in. Did you Did you listen to my flubs? Yes, I and did. I you were flubtastic in, in the last so episode. Bad. But this is episode seven of the yes. Animation Station podcast. El numero siete. You like that? Por qué? <laughs> um, hey, that's why, isn't it? Yes, okay. it is. But yeah. good try. Good try. Yeah, I don't know. You uh, were feeling the Taco Bell, so you thought you'd give it a try. Bell. It didn't work. So but episode seven. Episode seven. Yes. My name's Josh. My name's Gavin. And we're going to be your hosts for this fun, adventure-filled ride into the world of Studio Ghibli. Yes, it's our first Ghibli pick. I'm excited about this one. So, Gavin, before we go straight into our pick, mm-hmm. anything? Oh, how'd your how'd your weekend go? We're recording this Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day. It's been a pretty good weekend. Uh, my wife and I went to uh, northwestern Arkansas to the home of Walmart, Bentonville. And we were there for a family wedding, and it was a good time. We had a fun little road trip, and now we're back, and I'm ready to talk about some animation. Nice. I watched Sailor Moon. <laughs> nice. Like, almost all weekend. Well, that's sounds fun. Yeah, I had a friend over. We watched the uh, OU game. Oh, football? Yeah. Mm, oh, boring. Oh, oh, I didn't really want to watch it, but... <laughs> I was like, well, it's the first game of the season. Yeah. We should probably watch it. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have. They got yeah. beat. It was bad. Yeah. I was like, uh. Anyway, what? Uh, you got any news this week? Um, news? I've, I've got a little tidbit I want to drop. Okay, go ahead. Go all right, so if anybody knows me at all, they know that um, along with animation, one of my biggest passions is the music of the Beatles. I love the Beatles, and I love every song that they ever wrote. I'm obsessed with them. They're amazing. But Netflix has a new original series out for kids called The Beat Bugs. And if any of you parents out there have little kids and you want to instill a love of good music uh, in them, you know, a lot of people already play the Beatles for their kids because they are pretty kid-friendly. But, you know, for little, little kids, sometimes it needs to be in a little more upbeat format. And what's cool about this show is that it's basically they use the Beatles music and they turn them into little uh, musical moments in the show. And these little bug characters sing Beatles songs. 
and it's really infectious. It's it's really geared towards toddlers, so there's not not a lot of jokes or cleverness that would really keep an adult entertained. But if you want your kids to watch a fun little show and you want them to hear really good music like Beatles music, Beat Bugs. It's on Netflix. It's pretty cool. Is it just the Beatles? I, as far as I know, they only do Beatles music. Yeah, but there's a huge catalog there. Sure. I mean, like that LSD song. Dude, why are you so negative, Josh Kane? Hey, I'm, hey, I'm just this saying. This is a great thing. Or, you know, as an alternative, if you don't want them to listen, to be subjected to the Beatles, just watch Jake and the Neverland Pirates. So, Ooh, they have good music, too. I know. I, I like Jake and the... It's They're weird. fun. Like, I watched... Uh, I think it was... Oh, man. It was early Saturday morning, mm-hmm. I think it was. And I was just flipping through, and like Nick Jr. was like, what is that? Jake and the Neverland was like, oh, this is actually quite good. <laughs> yeah, they're they're entertaining. I agree. But that's not what we did our pick on. No, we did not do Jake and the Neverland no. Pirates. This was my pick, mm. and I went... My favorite Studio Ghibli movie, Princess Mononoke. Out of the two that you've Out seen? Out of the two I've seen, <laughs> this is by far my favorite. <laughs> that cracks me up. Well, you need to see more Ghibli because their studio puts out incredible work. Um, but I'm really glad that you like this movie. And I'm really glad we took the chance to see it because, like I told you last night, it's probably been over 10 years since I've seen it. And I forgot everything about it. And wow, what a yeah. movie. This uh, yeah, this movie just a little bit of background. This movie came out in 1997 in Japan. Mm-hmm. We got it here in 2000. No, no, we didn't. We got it here in 1999. Okay. Um, Were you, you aware of it back then? No, dude. Okay, I, I didn't know. I wasn't. I I mean, I was into the anime and stuff, but I just never. Yeah, it's one of those things that I it must have escaped me. Yeah. Between like all of my tsunami watching, but... do you know if they released it in theaters here? Yeah, it came in. The... It was a it very, li... it was a very limited release. Okay, um, like New York, just... LA, Chicago, that yeah, kind of like, thing. It was distributed by Miramax, so the ones that did all the uh, the English dubbing on it. Oh. So. So before Buena Vista got a hold of it, mm, exactly. Got it. They just threw all of their money into the voice cast and didn't really market it very well okay so that's why it just had a limited release and it did uh, not do very good in the theater at all here it did yeah. there yeah over there it made like 418 million dollars wow i think it was but yeah like they like i said they threw all their money into like billy bob thornton keith david jillian anderson mini driver uh john dimaggio well i mean i'm not 100 percent sure who how big john dimaggio was back then oh but yeah i don't know either yeah. Is he big now? Been, I'm, I'm not yeah, really he's, familiar he's with him. He's in a lot of animated stuff. Oh, he's like, a he, voice, he was, yeah, voice, he's actor. A voice actor. Okay. Yeah. And he's like the only, like, profe- I think one of like the only professional voice actors that's in this movie. Oh, as opposed I mean, to like Hollywood actors. Yeah, there, there, there's probably some other like background characters, but like mm-hmm. as a starring role. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he plays the, uh, oh, what is his name? It was uh, Gonza, the, uh, you know, the. Uh, Lady uh, Eboshi's oh, like like, the, right-hand man guy. prime guard yeah. character. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the problem with this movie where it – but the – like it did not do well in theaters. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those like Disney didn't really want to do a whole lot with it. Right. It's kind of considered a flop. Mm-hmm. But I, it was – believe in 2000 it came out with – like they started doing the home video release. Yeah. And – that well once spirited away came out which i think was in 2001 and that was such a huge hit then disney realized okay we can make a little money if we distribute all these studio ghibli movies and they just started putting them out and they started you know redoing the voices and all that and that was a smart move now didn't you tell me that they that uh, miyazaki himself had started concepting for this movie back in the 70s yeah in the late 70s he started doing a uh started sketching uh about a princess that lived in the woods with a beast. Mm-hmm. So that was the late 70s. Okay. And then it wasn't until uh, 95 when they started putting it storyboard and everything else together. Right. But it was one of those that he Was had he to... tinkering with it, like, along the way? Yeah, because, like, there's a lot of this that kind of also goes into Nausicaa. Mm, yeah, I can see some similarities. Yeah, and, like, I think uh, what I read was they went and... Uh, when they were looking for, you know, scenery and everything like that, mm-hmm. the scenery that they found, they also used in Nausicaa, too. So, like, oh, okay. well, this is perfect. So. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, when we get to our next segment, I'm going to definitely talk about the scenery. So. Yeah. 
the and uh, there is a couple other things I did find. Um, Miyazaki actually did not prefer this name. Did not prefer Princess Mononoke. He preferred a different title for the movie called uh, mm-hmm. the, Le- the Legend of uh, Ashikata. And I, or, sorry, I, Ashitaka. Jeez, Ashitaka. That's yeah. that's fine. They're they're tough names. I actually agree with him. I it think that would have been a better name because the movie's about him. Yeah, it's, it's not really about Mononoke. Exactly. I mean, uh, the majority of I say probably you have uh, San in the movie for maybe maybe ten oh, percent of the movie. Yeah, she's, and she, half the time she doesn't talk. And she's a pivotal character, but mm-hmm. it's still about what's his name again? Uh, Ashikata. Ash- Ash- Dang it. Ashitaka. <laughs> it's hard to get the kata versus the taka. Ashi. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I I think that that may have been a better title, but Princess Mononoke, I think it brings a, a palatableness to it yeah. on, in the you know on the outset because you know the American audience is so conditioned and attuned toward princess animated movies that that may have helped it with the American audience a little bit. I don't know if that's, if the American audience even came into their considerations when they named it or not, but uh, on the American side, I think that may have helped. But yeah, apparently Miyazaki also created his own kanji for the legend of. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's like, well, that's, that's pretty, that's, that's some good dedication there. It's like, I want this so much that I'm going to create my own, like basically, words and alphabet for mm-hmm. it wow that's impressive yeah cool but i mean yeah we can kind of go like where do you want to go first well do let's we talk go... let's talk about our likes and then we'll talk about our dislikes and then we'll move into you know our... if we would recommend it yeah and who we would recommend it for so what what did you like about this movie everything every like, there's, there's, single there's thing. not anything that i don't like about this movie so my dislike is going to be it's going to be real short like okay I, I don't well i'll just ask you some some questions then so what do you like about the artwork in this movie the background mm-hmm. scenery is on point i agree um, if i was going to cosplay as anybody it would be ashitaka it's a cool character he's the only one and like all the character designs in this are really really good like mm-hmm. especially san and um ashitaka okay those two together mm-hmm. like their outfits uh, their mannerisms the way they interact with each other i think is great okay um he's got his cool uh little ibex oh uh, his what do they call it? they uh, call it a red elk it's a red elk so yeah. cool yeah i love that thing it's it's such a great choice to make you know you, you would the standard choice would be a horse um but he's riding this red elk with those cool uh, ribbed horns that stretch, you know, really tall. It, it's just a great, great vehicle for him and becomes kind of a character too. You know, yeah. it's, it's very loyal. It communicates with San at, at some point. You don't actually hear it communicate, but you understand that they can communicate together. So I agree. That's a good one. I agree about the scenery and the backgrounds as well. I think it's some of the most beautiful uh, work in an animated film in that regard the forest and all those broad mountain landscapes mm-hmm. that you see there's there's some that are panned out really far some that are really close and you get to see detail in in a cliff or a cave or or trees and you know a, a hollow and a pool in the middle of the forest and the water everything was just so beautiful in a very fantastical and romanticized way but yet a believable way as well like you felt like those were real plants and real you know environments that they were moving in i also really love their atmospheric effects so what they're doing with clouds yeah was amazing clouds and smoke really and i don't i can't think of other films in america at that time where they had really mastered that atmospheric perspective in 2d animation and it's really impressive to me. And, and there are shots where you see a grassy plain and you see the waves of grass mm-hmm. from afar, you know, just rippling like they would on water. And I really love those attentions to detail. Now, where I will differ with you is character design. I think in the main characters, the character design is really pretty amazing. But when we get to, what is it called, Iron Town? Yeah, Iron Town. Okay. They they had like the four or five different male faces, and then they were just repeated. 
but then every single woman looked exactly yeah. the same. I also thought it was weird that they well, were basically walking around in loose uh, bathroom robes well, is what it looked here's like. The, here's the thing with that. They worked basically in a mine. They like were all those basically women, in a sauna. <laughs> yeah, like all those women basically work in the forge. Yeah. So it's like they're not going to, you know, wearing silk kimonos. No, I get it, but that's all they wore throughout the entirety of the film, whether they were battling, whether well, yeah, they, they were day, like supping, the, they say, whether they, they the were. Movie, they have four-day shifts. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. I just thought that was a weird choice, and I also found it kind of kind of annoying that they all had the exact same face. I mean, it, there was very little differentiation. They had the same exact eyes, the same basic face shape. The only differentiation yeah, might have been the color of their robe or their voice. Yeah, and all of, the, all of their hair is... Yeah, they were all know, up in a, towels, yeah. basically. I mean, they looked like they were all in the bathroom getting ready, and which is fine. It, it, I get that it makes sense to the the spot that they were in as far as working that forge and pumping those bellows and you're just hanging out with steam all day so being in a bathrobe kind of makes sense but it was just weird that that's all we ever saw all of them in and they were all they all looked exactly the same yeah other no... than that though i think the character design is fantastic i think it's really good yeah like um, what what's the lady's name lady uh iboshi yeah, like I thought her character was, she great. was great. She had that really posh, proper look, and she was just a little sinister and, you know, just had command and control over Irontown through this bearing that she held. And I, I thought that was really good. And then you contrast that with this wild, free spirit in what's in it, Son, and, and, you know, in her life living with these gods of the forest. And, um, and then the all of the gods in the forest were amazing. All, all the, the, the wolves. Really cool. You had the apes. You had the boars. Those boars were scary, man. They were just a big bunch of tanks, basically. Did, did, did you like how they uh, showed the uh, their war paint getting on the boars? Yes. Like, their snouts in and like putting that it on was their really eyes cool. and stuff like that. It was really it was a really nice touch. Yeah. It's like the first time I watched it, I was like. How are they getting war paint on them? And then they show it. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. that's actually quite yeah. clever, guys. It's very it's good. very good. Yeah, I, I like that as well. I kind of wish the wolves would have done something. Yeah. Because the two wolves go in when they, like, Sangha's in, like, for mm -hmm. that final charge. I wish, like, the wolves would have done, you know, maybe something. Right. You would think maybe cool. they would do, like, the red stripes yeah, like, under like, the, the eye red, like, like she does. does. Yeah. Like, where does she get that from? If she's raised as a wolf, like, why does she have war paint? Bear, berries. Yeah, I guess so. But I, you know, I, th I thought they did a really good job. The other thing I liked was well, well, the... when she puts that half mask on mm -hmm. and the ones on her cheek go down. Her, it's actually pretty cool because it kind of looks like fangs coming down. Like, oh, when I she's didn't notice the that. Half. Yeah, it's only when she's wearing the half. When she wears that full one, you can't see. Oh. But when she wears the half, like at certain angles, it just because it comes like right above mm -hmm. her, like right past her nose, and so you have those on her cheeks and they're the same color red and it kind of looks like fangs oh cool so it's a nice touch that is nice i yeah. didn't notice i'll have to look at that again next time i watch it the other thing that i liked was the wood spirits or forest spirits uh, the little kadamas yeah those yeah. were so great they had those little rattle heads mm -hmm. and they would i don't know what they would do they would just kind of respond well, yeah. to things in the forest yeah, they're, and they're, they're tree spirits yeah so. either be frightened away or be cool with you and maybe lead you on a little bit mm -hmm. bit and I thought they were great. It was a neat little touch. Now, I, the other thing that I did like was, um, you know, part of the theme of this movie was it had a very ecological undertone. Not even really an undertone. It was pretty overt in its ecological message of, you know, living in harmony with nature instead of trying to dominate it and destroy it for its iron riches or whatever it is yeah. and you know there's a lot of that in many ghibli movies you know the battle between man and nature and you know learning to work together and i thought they did a really good job in this one because they were using you know pretty broad sim symbolism and you know kind of a good versus evil but not really good versus evil it was just you know different ideals working against each other and the idea that you kind of feel like there is some resolution in the end of like, okay, we're going to rebuild it and be better this time because that whole battle we had didn't work out. You know, yeah. this struggle that we had, you know, man against forest and the forest gods against man, nobody really won. 
you know, until the forest spirit yeah, wiped he, everything he, he, out and said, the, okay, do-over. Yeah, he, he basically when, called you know, it do-over. The humans technically win and kill right. the spirit of the forest. Yeah, it they still ends lose. Up killing everybody, mm-hmm. pretty much. Exactly. And I think they do a good job of, of telling that message without, you know, smacking you in the face with it, keeping it interesting, and really making a good point. Yeah. I thought that was good. Um, there were a couple things I, I wish they would have done a little bit more. Okay. Because um, we really only have two towns that we spend any amount of time in. Right. Like we've spent in, uh, the very first time in the uh, it's like in Ashitaka's Boshi? town. I don't remember I, I what it's called. People, whatever. Anyway, Ashitaka's original village, mm-hmm. which was really it is pretty cool looking. We really only see like a couple close outs like, or far away shots of mm-hmm. it. But then when we get um, to, that's a new term we've just invented by the way. Close outs. Close outs. Go ahead. Hey, you know, um, put that on a shirt. Yeah. Close outs. Um, so you have a couple faraway shots and then we have that, he goes to that village for like three seconds when he gets some rice mm-hmm. and then we go to Iron Town. Yeah. And Iron Town looks so freaking cool. Like that first close out that we have <laughs> of Iron Town and you get to see all the, like the spikes everywhere mm-hmm. and then we go even farther out and we see it just kind of sitting in the middle of the lake mm-hmm. with the mountains on either side. Yeah. I wish we would have done a little bit more in Iron Town because we're really. I feel only... like there's a lot of scenes in there when well, see, when Son attacks lot, and... but we're really in like two mo- like two rooms pretty much like we're in rooms a lot in Iron Town when he's eating well, he's eating dinner mm-hmm. and then he in the forge he's in the forge, we're in the forge. and then he's but then the there's that whole chase scene through the alleyways and along the rooftops which yeah, is but, really yeah, cool we, we and really then there's that open of... square where her and lady yeah i mean it, it, it's whatever Eboshi, yeah. I mean, it's face really off. big but and I then wish... lady Eboshi takes us to her secret garden and then into her secret gun laboratory yeah, with all but the I'm, lepers. Yeah, but what i'm saying is we don't really spend a lot of time there we see all these for like three seconds in passing and then we're in a mm. room i mean we spend most of our time in the forest and we just, in yeah, the movie that's, i wish but... we spent more time in iron town like yeah. if they did a whole movie i think just we like get you the... live in iron town that would have been cool yeah but i think we get the point of iron town in just a few scenes there's yeah, not much I, more I, to I, it but i liked it so much i wish we would have done more there so what you're saying is you're a city slicker and less of a nature boy I'm, yeah, the nature is gross. Okay, There's I got bugs. you. bugs. Uh, so you would live in Irontown? I would love to live in Irontown. Okay. I would be painting trees in the forest. Well, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> when those monkeys try and eat you, so they can no, I'd be cool. I'd be, I'd be cool with the monkeys, and they'd be cool with me. Yeah, you say so. Those apes were creepy. Yeah. The way that they did them was like the fir- like really the first well time done. They're just like the black silhouettes, and uh-huh. then they actually animate them the second yeah. time. I wish they hadn't animated them the second time. Well, you, I, I think you kind of get the sense that they're they're kind of non-corporeal at first, but they're coming becoming more, you know, physical as the need arises for them to, you know, rise up against, you know, I, I think at the time they're rising up against any human and then especially the wolves because they were protecting a human. Yeah. And I, that's kind of how I, what I gathered from their progression, but... I did find that a little strange that they were kind of nebulous and just shadowy at first and then sort of took on a more solid form later. Yeah. But I think that's why. I think they're building up for this, you know, moment of truth where something has to give. Yeah. Um, Music-wise, I really didn't catch hardly any of the music. I thought the music was quite beautiful. I, I really liked it. It's a very subtle score, I feel. I don't know who did the music. Did you look and see who, uh, who did the music? Sorry, it's someone Japanese. A Japanese like, name that neither know. of us are probably familiar with. But, you know, a lot of the Ghibli s- soundtracks are there for um, just a, an element to add to a particular scene. They're, they're never driving the plot or driving the action. They're always there just to enhance, it seems like. They're always pretty subtle. And you don't necessarily notice them at first pass. And I like that in a lot of ways because of the way that they tell their stories. They allow them to unfold. And, you know, I think they did a really good job with it. It's not one that I would rush out and go purchase because it's not really this 
kind of music that I like to sit around and listen to. Yeah. But for this movie, I think the score was perfect. I think it was really well done. Yeah, and I think the fact that it out. didn't stand out to you speaks to that because it didn't annoy you. Yeah. And it wasn't uh, in contrast with the movie, so it didn't stand out to you. And it wasn't so over the top that it took over and you're like, oh, hey, there's music playing. Because you're the type, you're a very passive music listener. Yeah. And, you know, it like it has to be quiet in the movie for you to really ingest the yeah, music. Yeah, I, I did like the, like the end bit, or like when uh, the Spirit of the Force like wishes down and basically mm-hmm. cures everybody. Yeah. Um, which I did, I I like that. I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't ever caught it the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. But I watched it two times this week. Right. And the second time I watched it, wa- watched it, watched it, um, <laughs> at the very end when, like, they're all in the river and they're like, oh, look, the forest spirit and turns mm-hmm. everything green. Yeah. You see one of the lepers and she's, like, completely healed. Like, the bandages are falling off of her. She's, oh, like, I don't think I noticed that. Like, what? Yeah, it was really I cool. Did I did not like, notice that at all. I thought it was really neat. I was like, nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like, that's I didn't, awesome. like, I caught that and I was like, oh, that's really, really good. But yeah, there's that music playing in that mm-hmm. scene. That I yeah, thought was really, it's really, really beautiful. Really nice. Yeah, I agree. Now, that brings up something that I find really interesting. In 1999, the same year that this movie came out, Disney released a movie called Fantasia 2000. And it was basically their sequel to 1940s Fantasia. Were they trying to get that out before Y2K just in case the whole world went to crap? No, I think it was just it was released in late 99 and it kind of played into 2000. I don't think it had anything to do with that, no. That would have been funny. But, you know, originally Fantasia was meant to be an ever-evolving piece that they would go back to and add new music to, take out old pieces. And it was just going to be kind of a rotating uh, feature animation that they would release every few years with with new animated scenes well that never came to be and it kind of that concept was forgotten well when they were really reaching the end of the millennium they decided hey let's go back and do another fantasia feature and so they recorded all new pieces and they kept sorcerer mickey's piece in it and anyway long story short one of the pieces is done to um stravinsky's um oh what's it called the firebird suite and they do this mother nature kind of character who basically is awakening in winter and then basically like she's spring and she basically begins to fly over the land and create all of the growth in this beautiful forested area and she meets with a an evil force and they battle blah 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 blah. But anyway, in all of these scenes, like she's like touching the earth and making all this growth come forth from it. Mm-hmm. And it's not unlike what we see with the forest. Is it the forest king? The, the forest the spirit? spirit of the forest. The spirit of the forest. When he's stepping and all that all the flowers and plants spring up from around his feet and yeah. and, and then in the end when he's washing the world with new growth and it's all just springing forth. It's very similar, and I gotta believe that you know each studio, in some way, was influencing the other because they're too similar to me to ignore, especially with the timing of it. And if anybody out there has not seen Fantasia 2000, because it's a it's a film that it's a recent film that people have forgotten about, and not a lot of people saw. It wasn't a huge hit for Disney. But it has some of the most spectacular animation I've ever seen. And that scene in particular, that's my favorite segment of that movie. And it is breathtaking. And it really reminds me of, of what happens in the end segment of this film. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. There was one thing that I think you and I both kind of agreed on when we were watching it last night. Mm-hmm. That Spirit of the Forest was creepy. I he, did not like the whole human face thing. There was some creepiness there, I agree. But I think like it's, especially when he gets shot, like at the very end, he's like, "What?" And yeah, his like eyes kind of bulge out. And a little he starts bit. to he's sink like, into the water what? a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Ugh. Yeah. yeah. If if you guys haven't seen it and you're still listening, we've spoiled everything already. But the the creature that they created to the, as the physical form of the spirit of the forest during the daytime is he kind of has the body of an elk with this strange set of antlers, which is more like a tree growing out of his head than antlers. And he has strange, almost ostrich-like feet. It's like a Mm tri-toed bird claw almost. But then he has this 
almost goat-like but almost human-like yeah, face really bizarre. with some stripe blue stripes on it and it ends up being i don't know if it's creepy or just so strange and odd looking that you don't know how to feel about it you don't know if it's handsome or beautiful or ugly it it kind of because everything is incongruous all the elements of it it's like a lot of those uh, mythological creatures from the Greeks where it's like the head of a lion and the yeah. body of a snake and the I don't know the tongue of a goat whatever the it tongue is of a goat. <laughs> I don't know they mix and mash mash up animals and and beasts you know into these new beasts and I feel like th that's kind of what's going on here and not a lot of them end up being handsome you know you can only draw those elements in so many ways I think to make yeah. them look really good i think it's absolutely captivating and interesting i couldn't look away from that thing anytime it was on the screen but yeah it, the first time you see it it's like whoa whoa that's what it is yeah <laughs> that's strange it's bizarre. and then it takes on a different form at night you know it becomes that huge, huge spirit translucent thing. Yeah. like forest walker thing it's really or night walker it's really cool um we haven't really talked a whole whole bunch. I mean, we talked about like the scenery and everything. We mm -hmm. haven't really talked about too much about the characters. Do we want to really kind of go into like who like watching the movie? Mm -hmm. If you were gonna say like who's your favorite like character like animated wise, who's your favorite character? I think my favorite character is probably what's his name, Yakul, the the red elk. Yeah, cool. I love him. I he's think he is cool. so cool. I like Ashitaka a lot. I, I mean, I think he's the driver of the whole thing. And, you know, his it's all about his journey, mm -hmm. which, again, I think would have been great if they named the movie after him or the adventures of him. And I mean, they could, instead of calling it Princess Mononoke, they literally could have called it Prince Ashitaka because he is a prince. Oh, yeah. And she's not really a princess. Well, she's like princess of the of the forest okay so kind of like the wolf princess princess of the forest type mm -hmm. thing so i mean she is technically yeah. a princess so i think that's kind of loose in its yeah, interpretation because they never define her as well, a I mean, princess she's, she's gonna be i mean i guess now technically she's like the princess of the forest because yeah. her mom's died her mom's dead oh okay and then the spirit of the forest is kind of gone yeah i think he's still there well because like they they say like a because like, he didn't really turn back into, you know, well, we didn't spirit of the see forest. it. Like when though. he was the Nightwalker. Yeah, but we didn't well, he, see yeah, it he, because he we were looking at a close out. I hate you so much. <laughs> Just because I can't do words good doesn't mean you have to be mean. No, I think it's great. We're going to use close out all the time now. But yeah, uh, what, was, what, was, what, what was your favorite character? Oh, it's uh, Ashitaka. Yeah, but he's then cool. I really liked like when uh, Sans running through Iron Town. Mm -hmm. I really liked the way that they animated her running because she looked so fast and oh, she's yeah. so close to like I don't know how she was running. Like her chest must have been like right on her knees because she's like super far down. Oh, her when angle. She's running. Yeah. yeah, she's got her arms kind of thrown backward mm -hmm. and that you know cool like DBZ got to run fast style. Right. right. Um, but yeah, those two. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. They're a great duo. Um, and, you know, all the main characters were really well animated and, and their stories were really well told, I thought. I felt like we knew everything we needed to know in the plot. You know, I think there's just enough mystery, you know, with questions. And I think there's just enough resolution and tension throughout that it's really a great story, a yeah. great plot, um, you know, with a, a climax and a beautiful ending i I, th I think the story is pretty right on it and the characters along with it yeah th there was a little bit of the voice acting that i wish they would like i would yeah. love for them to go back and just remaster the voice acting with some of like the talent that we have now with, i like, agree professional voice actors like billy bob thornton kind of took me out whenever he was talking i was like i think okay, he's yeah, a I fine billy bob thornton yeah i think he's a fine enough actor but he only has one voice and it's yeah. that Texas and Billy Bob he, he Thornton voice really and he just it sticks out yeah he doesn't you don't buy him as a Japanese monk of yeah. any sort even though I mean he calls himself a monk but really he's kind of a mercenary yeah you know, he's kind of a monk bandit guy. for hire yeah 
But like, uh, I thought Lady Boshi. That's uh, that's Mini Driver. Mini Driver. Uh, that was a good choice. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, because um, she sounds so posh. Yeah, and, and her An- character and Gillian is. Anderson. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought totally fine as yep. her name was Moro, mm-hmm. who's uh, the wolf. Did totally Did you think that sometimes when the the younger wolves were speaking, it sounded a little like Kylo Ren? Kind of see that. <laughs> There's yeah. a couple of moments where they spoke, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds like Kylo." <laughs> it totally is. Um, but yeah, like I didn't like uh, Ashikata's voice. Oh, really? Uh, it's all right for some things, but like, there's that one part where he's like, "Spirit of the forest, listen to me." It's like, oh god, it hmm. was. It sounded like you know someone who hadn't done any animated roles before yeah and he's just kind of right reading off the script so and the same thing with song wasn't, a couple times wasn't he voiced by a voice actor billy cutif cutif is I, he I'm an not, actor actor i'm not 100 sure if he's like an actor actor hmm. i never heard of him before but yeah like claire danes i thought she 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 did she did good yeah she, she was, was good. fine yeah but i i don't know he was I, I can like, see there's, there's a little bit of Claire Danes where she doesn't really sound too good. It mm-hmm. kind of like she's yelling a lot. I'm like, I don't know, like some of these, hmm. you know, times that you don't really have to yell. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've also never seen it sub. So, I mean, okay. for all I know, Son likes to yell in the yeah. sub. So maybe she got it off that. But I'm like, mm, yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, it was Billy... Kurt, apparently he was an almost famous big fish. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's uh, like so a... So he's done a couple of movies. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's a voice actor. Okay. Yeah, he's just a regular actor. Yeah, I'm not actor. familiar with him at all. Yeah, neither, neither am I. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's like one of my... But I'm glad they didn't get anybody like a like in Howl's where you get Christian Bale mm-hmm. or Batman. Any, anybody like that, Batman, like that to <laughs> voice him. That would definitely would have put me out. Yeah. But I mean, his voice is okay, but it's mm-hmm. just some of the times that he you know yells it just sounds like he's sitting in the back of the booth just kind of yeah. talking into it and like, oh, I, it doesn't sound good i thought i thought he was fine i i feel like i may be more forgiving with the voice actors in situations like this because i feel like i when i'm watching a film animated in japan i feel like it's so alien to me anyway, the cultural differences, the emotional differences, the, the way that they're, they symbolize certain things and the way that they like facial expressions and animation are so different than what we expect here. You know, they make their mouth shape into something totally different for an emotion that we would do and things like that. So I feel like sometimes the acting may be, lacking or off-putting to some people but i feel like well that kind of goes along with how different it feels to me to watch a japanese animated film anyway yeah and i feel like well you know even when i'm listening to it uh subtitled and just listening to the original voice actors those performances do often sound strange to me as well because they just have a different cadence of speaking and a different way of emoting when they do speak so in a situation like this, it kind of works for me and it may just be my lack of exposure to Japanese animation or, or Japanese film in general. I, you know, I've seen my share, but I, I don't have a huge amount of experience with it like you do. So it doesn't stand out to me as being bad. It just is a different way yeah, it's of different. I mean, it's not sounding. awful. Like if, if it was bad, bad, then mm-hmm. I wouldn't have yeah. watched it more than the one time, but it's it's good enough. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like I just kind of wish they would go in and retouch it with some of like the voice actors that we have now. Yeah. Like some of the people that can actually, you know, sound. I can't even say like sound good, but it's mm-hmm. not really. But who can actually you know act appropriately? Okay, that but, makes sense. I mean, but I mean, I yeah, we can. I don't really want to go into that whole sub versus dub. <laughs> oh no, thing, we don't need to have that battle. Uh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we have like 17 podcasts just related to that mm-hmm. never figure anything out um but yeah like i i understand and especially with you know uh, ashikata's character because he is like that brooding is it ashikata or ashitaka, ashitaka. okay a- ashi um so ashi's character like he you can kind of 
tell it he's, he's this brooding character especially because he gets this curse he has basically mm-hmm. is exiled from home mm-hmm. and you kind of you feel for him and you're like okay i can, i understand why you're kind of po'd right now right but i don't know maybe just the the english voice on that is i don't know i i just not in love with it i hear you i hear you so you want to go ahead and rank it and talk about our recommendations for this movie yeah um i 100 percent endorse this movie yeah like the what i just said about the like the voice acting mm-hmm. that's my only and that's problem. a minor thing i it, think and exactly it's like if you it don't doesn't detract the, a whole lot if you don't want to listen to the english it's got the japanese yeah. audio on it too so just exactly watch that. exactly but, i mean I'll, i'd rather watch it in english just because i thought it was mm-hmm. really good yeah um other than that i mean i like i said i have no problems mm-hmm. with the movie it's long enough i mean it's it's kind of violent yeah, that's what I was going to say. I would, a, especially for a Ghibli movie. I would, I would recommend it as probably a PG thirteen, just because of violence in this movie. Yeah, I a mean, lot of limbs come off. Uh, yes, there when he shoots his arrows and an entire head comes off he or does a leg that twice. He gets two head shots. I know, and it's, I mean, it's it's cool. The way they animate the action is really fantastic. It's, and it's, I've always liked arrow shooters in animation i love merida and i love robin hood and you know i I love the arrow shooters and i like that he is one and that first time he takes a shot and it takes that guy's whole arm off it really caught me off guard he like he shoots it it hits the guy's sword and has Mm. enough force that it rips his his arms off and they're just kind of like dangling there still holding the sword yeah i was like what yeah. yeah, that was a really cool scene. It's ridiculous. Like, so uh, if, I know if you're parents, City, you definitely want to make sure your kids are not in the room if they're too yeah. young because it's violent. Yeah, like I know Cloud City did a uh, a few weeks ago did their whole um, Disney Avengers. Oh yeah, thing, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to put him on there just because I know oh he he'd be do, good. Like, he's not really Disney though. Yeah, that's that true. That's true. He's not. He's, he's not totally Disney at all. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I see. That's another thing. It's like Disney distributed. Does that make? They it didn't Disney? make it at all. No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. It does not. But even though Disney put all this work and effort, and all they did into it and distributes it. No. If you want to talk about Disney voice acting, maybe because they hired voice actors and they have the distribution rights in America. That's it. They didn't. Yeah. They were no creative force behind it whatsoever. Uh, so you, you did mention last night that you thought it was a little bit weird that they totally throw the whole. I do think Disney it's castle. odd that Disney gets to put that opening Disney castle shot in front of all these, you know? Even, yeah, even before the Ghibli bit, like with the Totoro, like the blue screen with the Totoro on it. Yeah, they, it goes Disney's before Studio Ghibli, first. yeah. Well, I mean, Disney has always been before Pixar, even before they owned Pixar. They would show the Disney castle first and then Luxo and the Pixar logo. It was always first. So it makes sense because why would a smaller studio not want to be distributed by Disney? Because you put that Disney logo on the front of your movie, yeah, people are going to see it and buy it and whatever. So yeah. I, I, I agree. I would recommend this movie for everybody except little kids because it's violent. And Well, I, I don't think a lot of little kids are going to. I there, mean, there's no. There's no... Neither of us are parents, so we don't have a great perspective on it, but I know that if if I had a little kid over and I was going to show him a movie, this would not be the movie because it's got body parts being shot off with arrows. Yeah, and then what's his name? Nago, the boar at the very beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. When he like completely like disintegrates and like all the oh yeah, there's some gore in this movie. So how would you rate this movie out of five? Out of five, um, I'm going to give this a solid five. Wow. Um, I don't even know. What, what should I give this? Five waddles? I'll give this five waddles. Okay. I like yeah. it. Five waddles. Actually, no. I don't want to give it five. Yeah, I'll give it five. That's your second um, Gravity Falls rating. Did I do a dipper? No, you did. I a, just did uh, Mabel the, the girl, Mabel. Yeah. Mabel? Okay. Dipper would be next, probably. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Well, my rating of this movie is out of five Jiminy Crickets. I'm going to give this one a 3.5. Okay. I had a feeling go three. As stated before, my scale is very conservative, so that is a very high rating for me. 
and watching this movie again actually rocketed it way up my Ghibli list. I love this movie. Good yeah. movie. Want to do a top five? I think we can go ahead and go into a top five. Let's do it. Let's do it. Jeffrey! 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 And now, for another top five! You want me to do it? Sure, why not? Okay. You gonna clap? Action! Alright guys, welcome to the top five. Today we're gonna be talking about our top five animated animal sidekicks and again gavin gives me the hard job of trying to find Mm -hmm. all over the place i leave it wide open as far as genre you can pick from any genre and i think we may have approached it pretty similarly but maybe a little differently because uh i only picked uh sidekicks to human characters and i only picked animals or beasts so i didn't include insects or Anything like that. Yeah, I did not include any insects. And I didn't either. go too far into the world of fantastical creatures. Just a little bit. What's fantastical? Well, you know, like unicorns or dragons or things like that. I, I did do a little bit of that, but... Okay, fair play. Let's we'll see. Play. Anyway, you're up first, Josh. What I'm up got? first, so my number five is going to be... This This is going to be crazy, but it's Disney. What? It's Disney. But probably not any Disney that you've ever heard of. What? I'm going to go Rufus, the naked mole rat from Kim Possible. There's a naked mole rat? Yeah. He even has a naked mole rat rap. Wow. Naked mole rat rap. That's hard. Mm, you're no rapper, Josh Kane. No. Yeah, he's uh, Ron Stoppable's uh, Okay. Pet. All right. So yeah. naked, does that mean he's hairless? Yeah, he's a hairless. Ooh. <laughs> Is that how he sounds? That's how he sounds. Nice. He's like, okay, jeez. I still haven't seen Kim Possible. I know. It's a sad thing. Okay. Yeah. Well. But yeah, good to go with Rufus. Excellent. All right. Well, my number five is from Disney, and it's a movie we both know and love, and it's Hercules' buddy, Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to do. Wow. Mouth trumpet. Yeah. From Josh Kane. It's supposed to be a whistle, but... Oh, it was a whistle? Uh, no, well, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't Pegasus whistle. Oh, yeah, he does. He does yeah. a little whistle, but I, I think he's a good little sidekick. Yeah. I, I like the way that he's animated, and the motion and fluidity with it, which he flies is really good to me. And the fact that they gave him bird-like characteristics because mm-hmm. he has wings I think is a really nice touch. Baby Pegasus is adorable, too. Oh, yeah, and the way oh. the way Hercules headbutts him, and that's uh-huh. kind of like their little um, they snore, like, their, like high great. five of endearment headbutt. Yes. Okay, so you went Pegasus as your number five. Yes. Okay, nice. My number four is going to – did you see how I tried to transition that, that I forgot what number we were on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good job. All right, my number four, we're going to go into Anime Town. All right. And we're going to go the little blue flying cat Happy from Fairy Tale. Wow. Yep. Never heard of it. We kind of talked about fairy tale. It's a blue flying cat. Yeah. So it has wings. Does it have well, like bird-like he's, wings? No, he's he's a little he's a little cat. Uh-huh. But then he can sprout these like kind of like angel wings. And Whoa. He can fly around. He can you know pick somebody up and fly them more away. He can pick a person up. Pick a person. Up. Is he huge or is he no, just he's, strong? He's just cat. Wow. Yeah. You know you can pick somebody right. up. He gets tired. Yeah. But you know. Our Interesting. I've never even seen this character. Yeah, the main character, uh, Natsu, he mm-hmm. gets motion sick, so he can't be on like buses or trains or anything like that. He gets motion sick. But for whatever reason, when Happy carries him, like flies with him, totally fine. Really? Yeah. It's kind hmm. of cute. Interesting. Yeah, Happy. All right, good pick. I, exposing me to new things every day, Josh Kane. Yay! <laughs> All right, so number four for me is from a movie called cloudy with a chance of meatballs have you seen this movie josh yeah is it gonna be that cool strawberry no no it's not it's gonna be steve his monkey sidekick bill Hader. yes no it's not bill Hader. it's um uh, yeah he's the main character it's um 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 neil patrick harris yes yeah he plays the monkey and he has a little voice box thing that um, the guy invented for him. I can't remember his name. What's the main character's name? 
remember. Ah, anyway, Steve from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, one of the most colorful, brilliant movies I've ever seen in my entire life, and we should probably do a show on it. Nice. I like that. I like that. Um, my number three is going to be, going back to Anime Town. Shocker. Is going to be Luna from Sailor Moon, the little black cat with the... Another cat. Another cat. Yeah, Sensing cat, a dude, theme. Cats are like anime. It's cats. Yeah, she, they do yeah, a lot of cats. Cool little, you, you watched a Kiki, part of an Kiki's episode. got a cat. Yeah. Basically, say it. Black cats. I watched the... Trigun's got a black cat. I watched the last scene in an episode and there was no cat in it. There should have been a cat. They were in an airport. You don't bring your cat to the airport. Oh, yeah, they were in an airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With planes taking off at 45-degree angles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so, yeah, nuts. Luna. She's, yeah, she, she's so what does Luna do? Is she just she's a cat. cat around? She's the one who uh, basically kind of like, not really like awakens. Well, I guess kind of like awakens mm-hmm. Sailor Moon. Okay. Yeah. She's trying to find the moon princess the whole time. So this cat actually has a purpose. Yeah. Cat's got a okay. purpose. All right. It's kind of a like a character, mm-hmm. but it's also like, well, you have your sailor scouts and everything like that, tuxedo mask, and then there's Aluna and Artemis. Okay. Who are our two cats. One's a black cat, one's a white cat. Interesting. So gang. And you like the black cat? Uh, I like them both. I mean, Artemis is voiced by John Young Bosch, who's like my spirit animal. Oh, yeah. You mentioned him before. Yeah. Excellent. I'll mention him. See, I always try and find an episode to mention Johnny Young Bosch. Mm-hmm. It's my new thing now. I'm pretty sure we've mentioned Hercules in every episode so far, too. I think we have. <laughs> <laughs> we like Hercules. All right, back to me? Yep, number three. All right, so number three for me, I'm going back to DreamWorks Animation and a movie you probably haven't seen either called How to Train Your Dragon. I've seen How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah? Yeah. yeah you're going to choose I'm uh, choose No, Hiccup's the boy. Okay. I'm choosing Toothless. That amazing dragon character. I, I love the design work in that film, and all of the dragon species that they create are just endlessly fascinating to me. And uh, Toothless is this, you know, particularly rare species. What's he using? A knight something? A knight... Screamer? Fury? Night Fury? Uh, Night Fury, I think, is what he's called, yeah. And he has that blue Josh bolt of... never seen the movie. Blue bolt of fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that he shoots, and I, I think it's fascinating to watch their relationship grow throughout that movie and then to see what they become in the second movie. Yeah. Just fantastic. I think he's a an amazing character design and a great animal sidekick. Yeah, I, never seen, I haven't seen Also, the uh, that could have been a good vehicle, you know who's in that too. Movie? Who? Besides uh, Jar Butler? Who? David Tennant. Is he really? Yeah. Who is he in that like movie? One of the random Vikings, and he's in the second one, too. That's Just amazing. Just like David Tennant. You're like, cool. Yeah, that's a great movie. Great voice cast. All right, you're number three. My number, it's my number two. My number two Okay. is we're going to go away from anime. We're going to go to Cartoon Network. Ooh. And we're going to go to a little show called Adventure Time. All right. And we're going to go Jake the Dog from Adventure okay. Time. Voiced by... Uh, John DiMaggio, who is in, he plays the dude in, uh, we just talked about it, oh my gosh. Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. Uh, yeah, her, her like, servant. Yeah, the guy. main, yeah. the main guard. Kokoro, or something. First prime. Yeah. The first prime, yes. Something. Her first prime. Yeah. The first prime of Obashi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, so Jake the dog. Okay. Yeah. Now. He can stretch. Again, you're not surprised, but I've never watched never Adventure watched Time. Time. I, I'm aware of it. I know what it is. But it, as I understand it, it's basically this little boy, and it's like the show happens in his imagination, right? It's no. all his adventures in his imagination. No, he's not adventures. I'm totally, I mean, yeah, adventures, not his imagination. I'm totally off base yeah, here. He's like, he like lives in this. It's, it, that show is actually surprisingly deep for a kid's show. Mm-hmm. Like there's something – like. The world is basically – it's pretty much a post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. There was the Mushroom Wars, hint that there were atomic, atomic bombs, bombs all yeah. over the place. Sure. The world actually has like a big chunk missing out of it, so it kind of looks like a – kind of looks like the moon. Mm-hmm. Like half the world is gone. Okay. Um, basically, like Finn's like the one of the only humans left. Scary. And, yeah, he lives in the Candy Kingdom with Princess Bubblegum and oh, all, not scary. All those fun, all those fun characters. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what does the dog do? I didn't, I didn't know the uh, dog. He's, he's just like his best friend. They're, they're, they were like raised to get like well, Finn's actually raised by Jake's parents. 
so they're like dogs pretty much but mm-hmm. like so they basically think that finn's their like race finn is their son oh okay and so uh like they're pretty much brothers so best friends brothers does yeah. jake speak yeah oh okay yeah, it's john dimaggio oh well i didn't know if he just oh, went, yeah, went yeah. rough he, he, rough he just talks you know okay yeah got it has a. Uh, has babies with uh, Princess Rain, uh, not Princess, with uh, Lady Rainicorn. Wow. It's a rainbow unicorn. Oh my gosh. Quite cool. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. All right. Number my two. Number two is from the Ardman Animation Studio, Stop Motion Masters, from Wallace and Gromit, none other is than Gromit, oh. the most adorable animated dog ever. Clifford? Nope, not even close. What's wrong with Clifford? You don't like big red dogs? I do not. Okay. Boring red dogs. No, Gromit is the best. Gromit is hilarious. He's the brains of the duo, and Wallace doesn't get it. Balto's all right. Balto. But no, Gromit is awesome. He's hilarious and um, clever, and he's, in a lot of ways, the driving force of that entire franchise. I okay. like Gromit a lot. Have you seen any of those? I, I asked I, you before because maybe, this because um, one of my vehicles was their motorcycle and sidecar when we ranked those. Yeah, maybe. But you don't think you've seen any of them? I mean, maybe? I I know of them and I've seen okay. some stuff, but yeah. I, mean, I don't think I've actually sat and watched them for fun. Okay, and maybe we, it's we need that was to get you exposed to that because they're they're fantastic. They have the most amazing, wonderful spirit to them. They're delightful films. They really are. Nice, nice. All right. All right. right. Honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. I've got a couple honorable mentions. Um, My first one is going to be Waddles the Pig. (laughs) Nice. Your favorite show. My favorite show. Um, I'm also going to go... Well, my number two is going to be Pikachu from Pokemon. Okay. But I took him off the list just because he doesn't... I mean, he's a side character... But really, he's like the main character because he's the mm-hmm. face of the franchise. Right. So I have a like, similar eh. example of that. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of I took Pikachu off. But my number one, who almost made my list, it was very very close, was Agumon from Digimon. What what is Agumon? He's a Digimon. And he's a, he's but little, what kind of? Little, but yeah, you say Digimon, it's, it's like, like a, a it's broad like a little, it's thing. Like a dragon. Oh, so he's thing. like a dragon. And he looks like thing. a little baby T Rex. <laughs> nice. And then he you know turns into you know. Graymon, then Metal Graymon, then War Graymon. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah obviously, yeah. And yeah, he of digivolves. Yeah, he digivolves. digivolves yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that was such He's a thing. Digital, man. All right, cool. Digivolves. All right, do I get my honorable yeah, mentions you, you, now, or you, do you? Yeah, do your okay. honorable mentions, and we'll hit our number one. So I had a lot of honorable mentions. This was a tough one for me to narrow down. I, I thought it was going to be mostly Disney because my first thought in my head was the movie Aladdin, and I thought of three animal sidekicks right off the bat with Yago, Abu, and Raja. But then I started thinking about Disney movies, and I couldn't think of a whole lot of others that I wanted to include. But some of the other ones I did think of were uh, – I thought of Remy from Ratatouille, but then kind of like your Pokemon example, he's really the main, yeah, character, the main character, and Alfredo's the sidekick. So I didn't include him. Uh, I also thought of Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Main character. But I mean, you can't really. Mm, I don't know though. I, I well, think I mean, he would have been the, good. The, he just didn't quite make my list. Lilo and Stitch. Stitch right. gets it's not second Stitch billing. And Lilo. Yeah, but he gets second billing. Right, because he's the sidekick. No, because he's like the second. Like it's like Starsky and Hutch. You won't say Hutch is. Oh, the... so you think it's just a duo? Yeah, it's a duo. Yeah, okay. Lilo and Stitch, Starsky and Hutch. Okay, Turner so and he's Hooch. not Robin to Lilo's Castle. Batman. He's just. Hutch to Lilo Starsky. Yeah. Great examples. Yeah. I like that. I, I actually think that clarifies it well. They, I also thought of Pascal from Rapunzel. I thought he yeah. was great. I wanted to say Maximus, but I don't think he's really a sidekick as just one of the members of the group. Yeah, he's I think if they ever the do a sequel to the movie, he may be considered the sidekick to Flynn Rider, but in that movie he wasn't. Yeah. So I also thought of putting Yakul, the red elk in this one because i was just so excited about seeing him in that movie last night uh, but he didn't quite make the list if, if we do like a top like top five like uh horses or yeah like, like, put you cool like ride on animals yeah yeah absolutely and then the other one that i didn't put on there because for some reason i just didn't consider bugs or insects i didn't put my very favorite disney character on there of jiminy cricket just 
I don't know. I, did, I don't really see him as a sidekick that much either. I feel like he's just another one of the characters in that movie. And Pinocchio is ignoring him for half the film anyway. So he's not really a sidekick. So he's like Obi-Wan. Except for that one segment where they're at the bottom of the ocean looking for his dad. Other than that, he's just kind of like, golly, how do I rein this kid in? And he, Pinocchio is making dumb decisions. Okay. So those are my honorable mentions. Nice, nice. Bring on your number one so pick. So for my number one, we're going to go to a little Nickelodeon show called Avatar The Last Airbender. And we're going to choose Momo and Appa. I didn't know there were any animal characters in yep. that. Momo is, uh, is, is a little uh, lemur. Okay. Um, can't remember. Like, because it's, it's one of those weird. It's one of those weird things where they have, like, they, in most of the stuff, uh, most of Avatar, they combine characters. Like there's a like a platypus bear, which is like a bear, what? but it's like got a platypus nose and Weird. tail. So it's a platypus bear. Okay. Um, and then like uh, like Appa. Appa is a f- uh, flying bison. So it's a okay. big, huge like bison thing that flies with like bird's wings. No, he just flies. Just oh, he just like, flies like just Superman flies. flies. Yeah. He doesn't have it's any got wings. Got a big like tail, kind of like flies his tail. He doesn't okay. mean anything like a bison, but you know he's he's an air bison. Uh, um, sure. Yeah, Momo's a little lemur. Um, okay. Yeah, they're integral parts of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like the show, like that's the usual, the majority of the time. That's how Team Avatar travels around is on Appa's back. Oh, cool. Yeah. So wait, a lemur? Yeah, he's a little. That's lemur. a big lemur if they're traveling on its back. No, no, no. no. Appa's the bison. Oh, Momo's, oh, oh, yeah. Momo's oh. the lemur. Okay, confused. Yeah. So what does the lemur do? Uh, it, it leams? Yeah, it just leams. <laughs> he's just kind of there. He kind of like flies around. He's comic relief. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he doesn't have wings either. He just flies? Yeah, he does that whole thing where he like spreads his okay. you know, like arm wings. So he, does he help the team in any way besides yeah. providing levity? Yeah, he, you know, he fights the Fire Nation and stuff like that. How does he fight though? Like I'm trying to get an well, idea I mean, of what he does. Well, it's like how does Apu fight? Or Abu. Not uh, Abu. Apu just fights off, you know, shoplifters in his little yeah, convenience okay, okay. store. Yeah, Abu. How does Abu fight? Kind of like jumps on your back. Like, yeah, I mean, he'll yeah, scratch and bite and claw just yeah, like an animal. Exactly. That's what That's he does? That's what he does. Got it. That makes he'll perfect sense. He'll fly down, you'll know, like pull some like, pull the helmets of the Fire Nation down, stuff like okay. that. Drop stuff on them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, my number one pick will actually claw and bite and scratch as well. And it's from a well-known Disney movie called The Jungle Book. I'm going sure the thought. greatest animal sidekick of all time, Baloo the Bear. Oh, so you thought you were going to go with Bagheera, because Bagheera is way cooler than No, Baloo. no, 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 yes. no, no, no. Baloo is the sidekick. Bagheera is the, the parental figure. Yeah. No, Super no, cool. Baloo is the sidekick. He's the one that teaches Mowgli to chill out. He teaches him how to scat and how to be cool and jazzy. And he basically is by his side the whole time. Baloo is the best like, okay. there, who doesn't want a big, lovable bear who will also protect you and sing with you and be your raft down a tropical river? Great I'd, sidekick I'd material. Have a, and Momo. Yeah, I know you would, but that's weird because Blue is awesome. Mine can. You don't fly. oppose Blue, do you? No, I mean. Eh. <laughs> I thought you could have gone anywhere else with that. Yeah, I go. I usually go with happy and you know magical, and yeah. and you go with like battle mode every time. Thank you know. Pretty much. All right, so got that top five down for this week. Looking forward to next week. Got something uh, a little special, special planned for next episode. But we do have a special giveaway that That's we're right. going to be doing. Yeah, it's our first ever giveaway. Yep. To give back to our fans. Mm-hmm. All three of you that listen. <laughs> Thanks, uh, all three of you. <laughs> You're the best. He's got a really good shot at winning. Yeah. Um, so, Gavin, what are we going to be giving away to our wonderful listeners? So we have uh, a prize of a Funko Pop, and we're going to give be giving away the character Zero from Nightmare Before Christmas, which we feel like was a good pick going into uh, the Halloween season and also being an animal sidekick uh, to go along with our theme this week. And so the, the details of how to enter are this. You need to go to our Instagram account, uh, Animation Station Podcast on Instagram, 
and make sure you're following us and answer the question in the comments of who is your favorite animal sidekick in the world of animation. And it can be anime, it can be Disney, it can be TV cartoons, whatever you want, just tell us who your favorite animal sidekick is. That will get you an entry into the contest. Uno entry. Yes, that will get you one entry. Now, if you want a bonus entry, we have a ticket for you as well. And what we ask to get your bonus in entry is repost the episode post for this episode on your site and hashtag ASP giveaway one. That's the number one. And that will give you a second entry into the contest. So you'll double your chances if you do that. Yes. And then we'll we'll also be throwing in thanks Josh for that yes <laughs> that added so much and we'll be throwing in a little something extra to the prize package That's which what I will was waiting for. which will be a surprise. It's a nice little nice little surprise. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know we we thank you guys for listening to us and we just wanted to do something fun to give back to you um, to get you to interact with us a little more and to also share us with your friends. So good luck to you all and um, with the deadline for the. Um, for the contest will be the one week from when this episode comes out. And so we'll be announcing it um, on the next episode. This will, yeah, we'll announce this on our September 19th episode. Yeah. That's when you're going to find out who your winners are. Yeah. Um, like the, the close entry for everything is going mm -hmm. to be Sunday the 18th. Okay. So yeah. Get Sunday. Everything in by Sunday the 18th. Yeah. At, so you'll have Monday through Sunday. Yeah. Probably. Why do we want to say? Yeah. Yeah. 10 o'clock. Central. Yeah, it'll be Sunday night. If people yeah, trickle in late and we still haven't done it, we'll take them. But get your entries in early. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That about wraps it up. All right. So I'm Josh. I'm Gavin. And hope you guys have a fun and safe Labor Day. No, we already have Labor Day. Well, we hope you had a fun and safe Labor Day. Day. Yeah. If you didn't, then hi from the hospital. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm Gavin. We'll Thanks see you for listening. Week. <laughs> At the same time, <laughs> you pause. Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com, where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. 